Coming up at 4.30, Bad Tiki joins the show for the first time in 2024. Coming up in a couple of minutes, right around around 3 o'clock, an interesting potential target for the Jets or Giants come this offseason. We were talking earlier about all the bridges that get you from Queens to the Bronx and Bronx to the Queens. To the Queens. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Why is it the Bronx and not the Staten Island or the Manhattan or the Brooklyn? Why did the Bronx get to be the? Like, where the hell did they earn that from? Huh. That's a yeah. good question. I've never thought of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> but this guy's got the answer on what the Throg's Neck Bridge is named after, because I don't know a guy in history named Throg's Neck. Hooper is in Greenwich. What's up, Hooper? Hey, man. It is named after a clan that was found in the area where they're digging the bridge, and the delicacy was the Throg's Neck. <laughs> you know what that feels like? And, Hooper, I appreciate the info. That feels like a bridge that's desperate for a name change. Like, that's not... Yeah. That's not like important or sustainable or necessary. So I think what we need to do as New Yorkers, and it should not be political, because with all due respect, Mayor Koch, Mario Cuomo, RFK, enough. All right, great. Politicians, they got a lot of votes. They didn't listen to you. Enough. We need to honor someone else with a bridge. What do you think? Mm. Who should we honor? Like, what's a New Yorker? Because it's got to be someone with that tie. That can get a bridge named after them. Because that's the ultimate award, isn't it? But don't, do they have to be from here? I don't know if they have to be from here, but they need to have impacted our area in some kind of major way. Hmm. Uh, I don't think you've earned it yet, Tiki. No, I know you're, you're getting a little cocky no, over there. not even close. No? They I better mean, not name it the Rondé Barber Bridge. As <laughs> <laughs> there... part of his Hall of Fame tour that he's still on? <laughs> is, there... <laughs> is there anybody that's earned it all around here? Uh, Boomer? Boomer. The Boomer Bridge? Well, you Boomer know bridge. what? I mean, He's not wrong. Really? Yeah, God, what are you guys kissing ass or something? Just find no, a bridge in Long Island for Boomer. Think about radio icon yeah. for decades now. With all due respect, if we're naming a bridge after a radio but icon. But he's also a football I don't know like, who played in Cincinnati. But he was from. He's not getting. I love and Boomer. From not that getting side. A, right. He's not getting a freaking bridge named after him. Well, he's Come better on. than Throg's Neck. <laughs> I understand that there's no one else you could think of. Maybe the Frank Sinatra Bridge. Does he have a bridge yet? Uh, I got it. Nope, I got it. What? He's got a strip club named after him. You guys are missing the obvious. You, you went Sinatra jogging. Because of where he's from, it's the Billy Joel Bridge. The Billy mm. Joel Bridge. Want to give one to Billy? Mm. Billy well, Bill, Billy's house, not far from the Throg's Neck. He's going to be ending his residency. Doesn't he say Throg's Neck in one of his songs? I mean, he's got 7,000 songs. He might have <laughs> named every three. <right? laughs> the Billy Joel Bridge? There you go. That's better than the Boomer Bridge, a bunch of kiss-assers. Let's go to John in Highland oh. Lakes. What's up, John? What's up, John? Hey, uh, I got a quick point. This one's for Evan. Um... You end up growing your hair and beard out for an entire year. You're going to end up looking like Forrest Gump when he's done running. <laughs> Is that a problem? That <laughs> yeah, might be. Running. Yeah. And I, running. I, there is a part of me that's curious what this is going to look like if it continues to grow. Now, today I happen to be wearing a hat. We're not on TV until 4 o'clock, so if you happen to consume our show through TV, you may notice I'm wearing a winter hat. It's actually an old-school ABA New York Nets hat. And I was asked by Rich Ackerman. It was the one person that asked me. He's like, why are you wearing a hat? Like, you never wear hats. Why are you wearing a hat inside? And I gave him an answer that confounded him, but I wanted to be honest with you. I'm wearing a hat today because I had a bad hair day. And this is the first time I've ever had that where I have so much hair. Are you allowed to admit that as a man? I just did. Oh, okay, just, just asking. I mean, I just, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, I comb my hair this morning. I to it. I was just asking. I don't care. I comb my hair. I put gel in it. 
And I don't know. I just looked at it and said, no, not working for me. So the easiest thing to do is just stick a hat on and go about your day. And I missed my favorite hat. My favorite hat is this New York Cubans hat, which is a baseball hat. I can't find it from my vacation. Mm. And so I stuck <laughs> to this skull winter hat of the old New York Nets. The Nets still cool. in the league. That's a pretty cool cap. Yeah, I know why you think it's a cool cap. Why? Yeah, I know why. Why? Yeah, I know why. Why? Because it's been mistaken a bunch of times from people who think giants. it's a giant hat. Right. And I have to correct them red, politely. Red, blue. <laughs> it actually... But the hue is perfectly giant. I know. I'll never forget, dude. I'm going into the White House. What does the logo say? It's New York Nets. It's the ABA New York Nets logo. Huh. I was going into the White House because I had a meeting there a couple years ago with the president. And as I was going, <laughs> I was just doing a White House tour, whatever. So I'm going through the White House tour, and I'm wearing this big, puffy New York Jets jacket because it's cold outside. And I'm wearing my New York Nets hat. And the security guard's like, I'm not letting you in. And I said, what? He's like, no, 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 not letting you in. You need to declare? Is that what he was saying? He said, a Giants hat and a Jets jacket? And I freaked out on him. And I said, excuse me? I ripped the hat off like I did right now. I said, look at that logo. What does that say? And he's like, oh, oh, Nets. Okay. I'll let you in. I was like, this isn't a Giants hat. You represented not one but two franchises that have never visited the White House. For those <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He was thinking that. Wow. Boy, you picked them losers. Hey, let's get to football and we'll get back to your calls because I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days. The Chicago Bears are going to play a game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields has played considerably better over the last few weeks. The Chicago Bears have played considerably better yes. over the last few weeks. I give him credit. I give him a lot of credit. I give the I give Matt Eberflus a lot of credit. I give Justin Fields a lot of credit. That is a quarterback draft that outside of Trevor Lawrence looks just bad and flawed. We've talked about that in relation to Zach Wilson. And Justin Fields has done something that I thought was impossible six weeks ago. He's made the Bear fans debate, hey, we have the number one overall pick. Should we actually trade the number one overall pick, continue to build around Justin Fields, or should we just trade Justin Fields? There were we want Fields chance in Chicago mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. That existed. That occurred. Right. And so, like, I know what I would do if I was the Chicago Bears, but I'm not the Chicago Bears or New York. And so I started thinking, well, what if they make the decision to trade Justin Fields, which I think is the decision they will make. <laughs> I would be surprised if they move the number one overall pick. And I think if they did move the number one overall pick, which we'll get into, that's a giant discussion. Because why not? Like, why not you guys? You're going to have a top five pick in all likelihood, maybe a little bit lower. We'll see. You have an extra second round pick, and there clearly is going to be a need at quarterback for the Giants. They've given up on Tommy DeVito. Whatever you think about him, he's dead around here. They don't believe in him. Daniel Jones is coming off of a significant injury. And as you've said before, Tiki, they're going to add a quarterback. It's just a matter of how. Yeah. If Justin Fields is available and the price tag on him, we'll discuss too. Like, what would right. that even well, look like? Well, currently, it's just the last year of his rookie contract. So, yeah, and then the option of a fifth-year option. Right, which you probably wouldn't give him because you'd have to declare it before the draft. May right? of before, this season. B- before May, before April, yeah. So after, just after the draft, yes, you have to declare I, I, I think it's like the first week of May where you have to declare: Are you exercising the fifth-year option? So let's assume you don't, because I think you're right. You'd be trading for one year of Justin Fields to see, yes, is he our guy? Yeah. So you'd basically be trading for him to compete with an injured Daniel Jones and let's say Tommy DeVito, because there's going to be three guys on the on the roster. Right. So let's say they keep Tommy DeVito. So do you want Justin Fields basically to? potentially start your season next year because that's what it could come down to. Yes. Because he's played well enough to do that. I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. 
for the Jets because the Jets need to realize whether that's good or bad, the Aaron Rodgers experiment. It, well, does, it doesn't make sense to bring in a guy who you're going to evaluate against Aaron Rodgers, even though Aaron Rodgers is going to be that guy. Yeah, so right? It doesn't make sense. And you're if, not picking up his fifth-year option because Aaron's going to play two more years. Right. I think the problem with the Jets going after Fields is you would basically be doing the Zach Wilson plan that they wanted to do this year, except replacing him with Justin Fields. And yeah. while Justin Fields is better, my... Yeah. priorities going into this season is not the quarterback plan of secession. Right. My problem is who's the backup if Aaron gets hurt and how do I build my offensive line? I think acquiring Justin Fields would be more about secession yeah. than it would be about I'm and, trying to win next year. But so to me, it doesn't intrigue And me. that makes sense for a team like the Giants. Yes. Because the Giants, as much as we want to love Daniel Jones and want him to be healthy and be what we paid for, we also don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back from this ACL injury. Now, Justin Fields, he's had a really interesting season because there were times early where it felt like, dude, this guy's done. He's like, he's out of the league. First three or four weeks of the season, you would have said he's not playing in the NFL again. And then he started to turn and you give Luke Getze, the general of uh, the uh, offensive coordinator, a ton of credit for like simplifying it. Not, stop being so, uh, you know, read heavy and just get rid of the ball. Make the easy look easy. We said this a lot about Zach Wilson. Interestingly, same draft. But I think he's done enough to make him trade worthy, but he hasn't done enough for me to say I want him on the Giants. And the reason is I he's really good at running the football. Thousand yard rusher a year ago. He's really good at, you know, big arm throws, which are fantastic. But the decisions aren't there yet. The decision-making is not there. He's only 24, but the decision-making's not there yet for me to say I would want him over potentially a healthy Daniel Jones. And so if I'm going to do bring in a quarterback to compete, I want somebody that I can evaluate for two years or maybe three years, not one. You know what the problem, That's though, the is? the problem. See, your problem is why I think it's interesting and why I would lean towards it. Hear me out on this. You're also evaluating Daniel Jones, and I can't believe we're saying that, but you are. Yeah, well, it's, it's what I've said about Daniel. It's like no. every year is evaluation year. Right, right. It's another evaluation year with this one being he's coming off an injury. What is he? And, right. oh, yeah, can he stay healthy? If you draft a quarterback, whether it's in the first or second round, you're not making a one-year commitment. You're making, at minimum, a three-year commitment. Three and prob- most likely four. Right, because in general, unless you are so bad, <laughs> unless you're Josh Rosen, you give a kid time to learn and grow, and you're also declaring that Daniel Jones is gone. Mm-hmm. That's what you're declaring. If you draft a guy. If you draft a guy, you are declaring Daniel Jones is going to be replaced. It's over. Unless it's a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. Yeah, I agree. Like If it's a first- or second-round pick, that guy's replacing Daniel Jones. Right. He may not right away, but he eventually will. All right, just think of the conversation we had with the guy down the road that we're going to play this weekend. Jalen Hurts. Yep. People said, oh, that's just insurance. Nah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> There's okay. a reason they drafted him in the second round. So you agree that once you draft someone, yeah. you're saying Daniel Jones is gone, right? Yes. Okay. Even if Daniel Jones is here for another two years. Right. If you trade for Justin Fields, here's what you're doing. And obviously what you have to give up matters significantly. And my opinion on this changes. If I have to give up a first-round pick, I don't know if I'm doing this. No, he's not worth it. I don't think he is either. All right. But if I give up a reasonable package back, I'm having a real competition, like a real one, where I got this guy on a one-year deal. I essentially have this guy on a one-year deal because Daniel Jones, you can get out of it. And I have a real competition. And if after this year I say, boy, you know what? I'm back in love with Daniel Jones. Move on from Justin Fields. 
uh, yeah, you gave up a pick, yeah. but you gave it a try. Or Justin Fields develops, especially under the tutelage of Brian Dable, and you say, got my guy, and you move on from Daniel Jones, you, and there's your quarterback, you, voila. You make a compelling argument. Thank you. I just don't know if it's gonna, if it's worth the risk. The, wor- <laughs> the risk of the draft pick you have to give up? No, 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 no. The worth, risk of what? Worth the risk of... Justin Fields actually being what we always thought Justin Fields was, meaning not good, and then Daniel Jones also not being that healthy or good, and now you're with nobody. Then you start over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but then you're re- like you're really starting over. Like this, that's that's strip down, start over. That's the problem. This is why this is such an ass backwards plan by him. It just and it's not a knock on Justin Fields. It is. It's like uh, going to the old friendlies restaurant and trying to do those peg things. It doesn't fit. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. Because, Evan, if you are making the declarative statement from Joe Shane or Brian Dable that we signed Daniel Jones a year ago and we inevitably see the path to move on, you're not mucking it up by, well, now go compete with Justin Fields and maybe we won't move on. No, you're doing it to reset the quarterback clock in terms of repaying a guy Mm -hmm. by another four or five years and drafting him. To have to, in one year make a decision that Justin Fields does have more upside than Daniel Jones, and then eventually, because we can talk about fifth-year option all we want, they're going to have to give him an extension. He's probably not going to play on a fifth-year option. And, you know what, we don't know what the price is. Still a second-round pick, a third-round pick, something like that is still valuable. Right. It just doesn't fit the Giants scenario after they paid Daniel Jones. Yeah, but Sean, Sean, Sean. The salary thing matters. Right. I understand the salary aspect of it, but you agree with the aspect that once you draft a quarterback in the first or second round, which I think you want to do, yeah, Daniel Jones is gone. Yeah, but by the way, I think the moment you trade for Justin Fields, even though you're saying it the way you're saying it now, perceptually, the general manager now who didn't draft Daniel Jones has traded yeah. assets not- for Justin Fields, you're also declaring that Daniel Jones is gone. Well, you're, you're putting him on, like, serious blast. Yeah. And, like, and, serious blast. And, and it's, different, it's different if it's a guy who shouldn't beat him out. Right, Tommy DeVito right. shouldn't beat out. And I'm not saying this to knock Tommy DeVito. I'm just saying this in general. He shouldn't beat out Daniel Jones, who was a first-round draft pick. He's got a $40 million a year contract. He shouldn't beat him out. But if he did, you know what? It's like, all right, we it's found money. right? We found the guy who can replace Daniel Jones when we can opt out of his deal a, a year from now. But if you replace him with a guy like Justin Fields, who is also a first-round pick, mm-hmm. who has like some interesting upside because he is a, a great athlete and he's started to show some signs. It it basically says, Daniel Jones, we don't trust you and we don't believe What's in you. What's wrong with saying that? Nothing except for no, you, just said you, you just paid him. Oh, okay. And so, and so it's like and you and you have an ability to move on from him. I just, like I just think it's not ju- a good use of money. Okay. No, and, and a good use of draft capital because right. You're going to have to give up something, but what you do is you remain flexible. Once you draft a quarterback, you're marrying him. You well, know that, right? Yep. Okay. And, but I, I, I still Daniel Jones think, is gone around here. But I, He'll start the season, maybe. He'll play a few Evan, weeks the I, way Kurt Warner did, but he's gone. I just think that when you're trading for Justin Fields, I do think that you're, and I know this is a separate argument, undercutting what the Bears are probably going to get for Fields because there's going to be multiple bidders, you know, other teams in different scenarios. I'm going to get to that in a few minutes because I do think that's interesting. Go wait, wait, okay. What is the argument if you are the Giants against drafting a quarterback? Or at least one of the arguments I've heard is, based on draft position, you may have to trade up, and therefore, I don't want to trade assets. So it ties into what you're going to get to. If I'm trading assets, even if they're different and less than uh, what you would trade up, maybe which would be an extra first or whatever in the first round, I'm still trading, I think, valuable assets for another quarterback. So if I'm going to do that, I'd rather push my chips all in and do that. So that's the key. 
I'll tell you right now, and you tell me, Tiki, what you think the Bears are getting for him. First of all, do you agree that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields and they're not trading the number one overall pick? <sighs> I mean, it's a tough, tough decision. So much is going to depend on Eberflus if they hold on to him. If they move on from Eberflus, then they are trading Justin Fields. Like, it, that's his project. It's out the door. But if they hold on to Eberflus, I think they hold on to Justin Fields because Luke Getze, who is their general, who is their offensive coordinator, has done a pretty decent job with them. Mm-hmm. I think they just they run it back again and try to win one more time. And and who knows if it works? But I think if they hold on to the head coach, they hang on to the quarterback. What's the return if they trade Justin Fields? If they tra- you're probably getting a second or third rounder. See that's that- where I'd be. I see that that's where I'd be willing. If it's a first round pick, I'm out. I don't. Th- I, I totally I, agree. With you. I'm not, out. Not in. He's not superstar enough to be even thinking about a first rounder. Okay. I know he's you know three years removed from being a first round pick himself, but it, he hasn't been good enough consistently to be a first round trade. But also you know, matters option. where in the first round, and the Giants happen to be very high up. Yeah. So a top five pick, he's not worth it. A top ten pick, he's not worth it. Like, late first round? Okay, maybe. So, I have an extra second round pick by I, I mean the Giants. I'm talking yes. for you right now. I'm talking mm-hmm. as a Giant fan or person. I have an extra second round pick because of the keen trade that was made of Leo Williams. Would I flip that pick in a deal for Justin Fields? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That scares you? Yeah, it does. It does. Because if I'm flipping that valuable pick, I better be signing Justin Fields in a year from now right. to be my franchise quarterback. And again, then I'm still having dead money in year three of Daniel Jones. I'm convoluting this more. It do- the Giants are not in a financial position to make this move with Justin Fields after paying Daniel Jones. The only position in moving on from a quarterback they are in is to execute drafting one. Otherwise, you might as well stick it out with Daniel Jones for another year and see where you are. Mm. It's going to be a very, very interesting winter and spring because they're adding a quarterback. I think that is obvious. Yeah. The Tommy DeVito dream is dead. It's gone. He's not competing for anything. They could say whatever they want to say. He's, he's not a factor at all next year now. They've shown that by benching him for Terod Taylor. I don't know if I believe that, but it, this year it's, it's it's obviously done. Next year, it's just— He'll have no chance to be the starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. You're probably right, okay. but he will be around. I didn't say he wouldn't be around. Right. I'm just saying he's not going to be a real factor. He was around this year. Was he a factor? No. He wasn't he a factor until everybody a, got he hurt. He was a rookie. Okay. Even as a second-year player, he's not going to. Well, if we learned anything, if you're a backup quarterback on a roster, you're always going to be a factor now. I yeah, know. That's a great point. Uh, if you're a third-string quarterback, you're going to be a factor. It is incredible what's happened. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on, on why this has occurred with every quarterback in the world getting hurt, essentially. Let's go to Anthony out on Long Island. How are you, Anthony? Hey, gentlemen. Happy New Year. How's everybody doing today? We're good. Doing well. What's up? Good. So I can't believe I'm going to say this as a diehard Michigan Wolverine fan. Um, I want to I want to start that off that way, but uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I I'm very intrigued by Justin Fields. Um, I I I am. I think the kid has a house. No, 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 never, never, ever. But no, if I'm being serious here, I'm going to explain to you why it might make sense. Go right? Ahead. Okay. So you, we're listening. I'll go look at – I look at Dayball. I look at his history, the quarterbacks that he's preferably what he likes. So he likes big guys that can run the ball, that have really big arms, right? I just explained to you Josh Allen. Uh, I forgot the kid's name at Alabama when he was the offensive coach at Alabama. I think it was Tua and, and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Big guys that could throw the ball, that could run the ball. That right. You know, I'm not saying Justin Fields has the same – 
vision as those guys, right? But he fits Brian Dable's prototypical quarterback to a T. And honestly, it might be worth a shot because I'll be honest with you. But, and but I've here's, the, a th- here's the I, thing, Anthony. I think I think Daniel Jones also fits that, right? It's the, yeah, the only no. the only thing that's holding us back in our minds about DJ is the injury. Well, that's a big thing. It's a serious ACL, okay. you know, and it, who knows when but, he's going to be fully healthy. But he, he, here's the problem with DJ, right? So DJ won a playoff game last year, and DJ put Shane in a bad position with the fans because now fans flip flop. I'm one of them. I flip flopped on a lot of things. DJ, I did. I hated DJ because he came from Duke. I love DJ <laughs> because he won a playoff game last year. Pay the man. Don't pay the man. We all do it right. as fans. That's it's what so we true. do. It's so true. But I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like the DJ experiment is. It's. It's like ninety percent over after next year. So why not bring in a kid, right? Who we've seen. Let me tell you, I've seen Justin Fields do things in college mm-hmm. and in the pros that I've never seen DJ do ever. Yeah, and I, ever. I, I mean, run, run for, run for a buck fifty. Throw for two fifty. Uh, throw eighty yard bombs in the air. Not miss a guy in stride. Yeah, the, I'm the telling old, you, if he ever could figure out, appreciate you, Anthony. Good luck, Blue. Go Blue this whole, <laughs> next Monday. <laughs> um, if he could ever figure out how to be consistent, like the same player each and every week, he'd be a star. The problem is he can't do it, It's and, and I don't know what it is. The the other thing, and, and he didn't say this, I think this way a little bit, is sometimes when a kid has been in the league for three or four years as a young quarterback, as a first-round pick, you know what he is. Most of the time you do. Yeah, I know what Zach but Wilson has. Move he, on. But but Justin Fields has had two, three, two, two, three different head coaches. He's had like three coordinators. He's had a lot of turmoil and change. And he hasn't been bad. Which is my point. Like, right. I don't think after three years of Justin Fields and 37 starts, and this is rare to say, I admit this, I don't think we've declared what Justin Fields is. Boy, who does that sound like? <laughs> who does it sound like? Everything we've said about Daniel Jones. Disagree. I disagree. They're the Spider-Man no. meme, bro. I, I, okay, in a lot of ways they are. Yeah. I'll tell you why I disagree with that. In the metaverse? I, I think yeah. multiverse. At least I do. Spider-Man in the multiverse. I think I know what Daniel Jones is. I think he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. I think he was paid as such. There were worries about him staying healthy, but I don't think he'll ever be a top-five quarterback, in my opinion. I think he is what he is. I know what he is. The concern about him is health. I wouldn't say that about Justin Fields. I wouldn't say I know what he is. I wouldn't say at 37 games into his career, he's just a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, and that's it. I I don't necessarily think that yet. Justin Fields was drafted a year after Daniel Jones. Yeah, he was. Okay, go back to what we were saying a year ago after the playoff win with Daniel Jones. Okay, we know what Daniel Jones is now after getting hurt this year, not taking the next step after that. I am saying that a year ago, what you're saying about Justin Fields is everything we were saying about Daniel Jones. And what I'm saying is I think Justin Fields could be better. Okay. Do you agree with that? Do you think there's a chance Justin Fields will be better? Do I think there's a chance? Yes. Okay. Do I, off of what the Giants have already seen with Daniel Jones and where they are, think that's worth the risk of trading anything for him? Yeah. I, no. That, it's a hard thing, you know, because because I, I I'm doing the Saints and the and the Falcons this weekend, and so as a result, I'm watching the the Bears game, Bears Falcons from last weekend, and it was a ridiculous snowstorm. I mean, you can't even I can hardly see it on the film. Jealous. I'm, I'm very jealous. Right, but. Dustin Fields made some hellified throws. Now, he has some really great receivers. DJ Moore is out there. But mm. some of these throws, it's like he, he's throwing these things up. I'm like, oh, that has no chance. It just drops right where it's supposed to be. So he's made strides in his ability to be, put this in quotes, the pocket uh, quarterback. He's also still a great athlete. He'll rush for almost 700 yards this year. But it's the consistency. And if you're going to trade for a guy, 
you got to know that you're going to get it every week. And he just he hasn't done that. That's that's, knew, that's the question mark with Justin Tiki, if is you, the consistency. If you knew you were getting that from him every week, he wouldn't be available via trade. True. No, like, he wouldn't be trading him. He's not perfect. No one's saying he is. Yeah. But he's going to be available. And the Giants are clearly going to add some kind of quarterback during this offseason. So why not a guy who's got 37 games of experience? Why not a guy who's already three years three years into his career? And by the way, age-wise, is essentially the same age as Michael Penix Jr. 24. And healthier. Yeah, he's 24. I mean, just argue that. We'll come back with more of your calls and reaction to this. We'll mix in some baseball calls. Obviously, Harrison Bader's a Met, and Yankee fans are mocking it at 877-337-6666. The date today, in case you don't know, is January 4th. Okay, January 4th. I am not being a pig right now when I say this. I'm merely asking a question. I'm a man that asks questions. And I'd rather ask this query today than a week from now. Because a week from now, I'm going to start to get angry. <laughs> Two weeks from now, I'm going to get angrier. But today, on January 4th, 2024, I still notice Christmas stuff hanging in my neighborhood. <laughs> and I politely asked my neighbor today. I had a nice conversation. We are at the bus stop. I said, uh, Why the hell is your kind of nutcracker still up? <laughs> Mine are, by the way. <laughs> oh! So when do we take this crap down? Like, when, wife, is it, when, when do we get it? I mean, come on. My wife was under the weather. She was she gets sick, so we just kind of just let it sit for a so while. So normally it would be down yeah, by January Normally 4th? we would have started taking him down a week ago. Okay, then I have no issue with you. I right. wish your wife all the best. But I said to my neighbor, why is your Christmas tree still up? Because I was looking through his <laughs> window while we were at the bus stop. Why are you peeping at your neighbor's window? We're just dude. standing there at the bus stop. All right. And I saw sense. it, and I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah, what's up? I said, when the hell are you taking this Christmas tree down? <laughs> and he had an excuse. He said, you know, I was lazy. You know, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. I said, no, no, no rush. No, I, I'm not saying January 4th is the deadline. Maybe January 5th is the deadline. <laughs> Maybe January 6th is the deadline. But there's a deadline. You got some nerve, by the way. You're one of these idiots that puts their tree up early. You did it early on Thanksgiving morning. And then you're quick to judge everybody else that leaves it up for a few days. He's not wrong, no. You Every can't start wrong. Christmas in September because you guys are all dopes. And then January 2nd, well, it's done now. Take it down. <laughs> you don't get both angles. You don't get both ends. You don't dictate the world. Sorry. It's kind of like going away on vacation. The anticipation is always better than the trip home. You are the adult. What are you anticipating? No, it's no. a children's holiday. Calm down. Because as an adult with kids, as we both are, the holiday buildup is great. It's, so I would argue the weeks leading into Christmas might be okay. better than Christmas Day itself. Okay. It's festive. It's everything. Yeah. All right. I'm a the Grinch mo- on Christmas. Yeah. I agree with you. The, I'm done. Christmas night, I'm done. The moment it ends... You have that week grace period. Maybe you're still having people coming in. You're exchanging those extra gifts or whatever. New Year's Day, whatever. That is it. But everybody done. But everybody talks about how January, February are dreary. Everybody's a little depressed. The weather's bad. So now you extend that a little bit, the holiday cheer with the lights being up. It's just the same part about starting it early. I, I, is extending it I late. just want to clarify something because I think you're trying to catch us as a bunch of Christmas hypocrites. Bing time. <laughs> My question to you then would be, when should we take it down then? Like, forget about what I say and when I put things up in November. When should they come down? No. Should we keep them up till February? I'm do whatever, curious. Do whatever the hell you want. My point is, why do I have to see John Travolta tell me about Capital One in September, but everybody's so upset that lights are up on January 3rd? I know, 3rd. but I get no, it. No, 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 no. It's uh, part of the argument. No, it's is Why not. does it have to start early it's and earlier separate, every year? It's a separate argument. I understand where you're coming from. I respectfully disagree. You don't want Christmas starting as early as it does. Okay, fine. 
That was for before Christmas. Right. Now it's after Christmas. It's done. I'm asking a question, just like I asked my neighbor a question. I wasn't judgy. I said, hey, Rob, when is the tree coming down? You shouldn't down? be the one asking it, is my point. Two weeks max. So your answer is two weeks. A week, Thank you. Two weeks max. Okay. Because uh, the, the outside lights, though, should be when it's the first warm day after Christmas, get should, your ass on a ladder. Uh, there may not be a warm day well, after they, Christmas. They shouldn't still be on. That's the that's <laughs> true. You can have them up there because, look, some of these lights are extensive. Yes. Right? And you don't want to really, like, break your back on the icy roofs, take them off. So just don't turn them on. That's, right? fair. <laughs> I, that's fair to a degree. I just remember, and I said this to my neighbor today, I said... Last year, there's a guy or gal, I don't know who the hell it is, that when I'm driving home, they've got their Christmas lights on, and it lasted into late February. Yeah. Last year. And every day I would drive home, because I drive home at night, obviously, and I would see it. And every day I would start to get mad, then I would laugh, then I'd get mad, then I'd think, this is hilarious. Like, is this really going to make it the full season? Did you feel festive when you saw them? I got never festive. No. <laughs> <laughs> I never had that emotion. It went from... I'm angry at this person, To This is comical. Like, what the hell is going on here? So I'm just preemptively on January 4th wondering to the community aloud, when are you taking the son of a bitch lights down? Mm -hmm. That's all I just want to know. We all have our own thing. I know what I did. I did it as soon as Christmas ended. Maybe the yeah. light putter upper was in the hospital or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, December, now you should feel bad. December 26th, my wife had everything down. Is that true? True. <laughs> Absolutely. I, can't, I did the show that Tuesday after Giants-Eagles. Tree was down. Everything was gone. That being said, what about a pivot off of that? What are your thoughts on taking a certain season's decoration and paying them forward with a twist? Because I've had enough in my neighborhood. Too. Huh? I have to drive. What do you mean? I was by four towns over from my house to where my children's daycare is. And I've noticed this. I counted now on seven different houses, different neighborhoods, and I'm cutting through. Those giant Halloween skeletons that everybody can't wait to put up for Halloween yes, that I are like 10 feet yes, tall. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Garland wrapped around, a Santa hat on. <laughs> and these aren't like people working together. I'm telling you, they live in different neighborhoods. This has become a thing. What, you got so lazy to take down the Halloween decorations well, that you've turned them into hold a Christmas decoration? What does a skeleton on. Santa do? Like, I don't understand. It's that. just, I, I guess they're trying to be funny. Yeah, but no, 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 you're repackaging. Is it the nightmare before Christmas? No, no, no. no. You guys are missing the boat. Uh, it doesn't matter. See, I have a 12 foot, you know, thing, yeah. skeleton, and a witch. And what I complained to you a few months ago, probably forgot, totally fine, is I said, I, we put all that work in to put this thing up, and it's only there for a few weeks. It feels like such a waste. This makes it not a waste. <laughs> if all of a sudden I climb on a ladder and make that witch like Mrs. Claus, I've just maximized this witch that took forever to hang up. You know what? That's a great idea for next oh, year. I can't God. stand it. So Look many people are doing it. Look you know you why? Did, Sean. Because the first time I saw it, I said, oh, that's kind of funny. When you start seeing more and more and more people doing it, you're like, oh, this is such a played Sean, out lazy Sean, shit. I promise you, I'm not trying to be funny. I ain't funny. I'm just trying to be economical with that witch I bought. I mean, that witch is 12 feet tall. She costs She cost a couple of hundred dollars. Why should she only be hung up for three weeks? Can I at least get a couple of weeks more out of it? And now I can. Thank you for telling me. If you're listening you're right now, keep your lights out till April in protest of these folks <laughs> because they want to start their holiday as early as possible and then they want to tell you when to take them down. I mean, it's just, it's over. It's January 4th, take your stuff down. Wait a minute. One <laughs> more patent. Why didn't anybody think of changing Christmas lights that are purple for Halloween, whatever Christmas color, and then the red for Valentine's Day, and then they stay out, <laughs> and you never have to get your ladder multiple times. Yeah, Lugie, now you're getting ridiculous. Loogie knows this, and his wife actually, I think, loved it. Mm -hmm. So she did. the lights at my house 
I can change via app the colors, like the the, oh. high, that, the the lights that light up the house. Is that how you would describe it, Luke? That's how I would describe it. Yeah, yes. like the spotlights that light up the house. Yes. And so his wife was so fascinated with how do you decide the colors? And I told her, oh, I have a whole calendar during baseball season. It's orange and blue for the Mets. I had to hear about this for a month after we visited. <laughs> she loved it. Valentine's Day, it's pink. Halloween, it's the Halloween colors. When we had the war, not we, but when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, put the Ukrainian colors up. Very patriotic. I've got every. What are you, the the Empire State Building? Essentially, yes. (laughs) He's got cable news going, what light can I put on now? (laughs) Except I don't sell my soul to the highest bidder. Right. So it's not a bad idea because I do that right now. In fact, you know what? I'm a hypocrite. I still have them as uh, Christmas colors. I got to change that. Mm. Good call. Good call. But what do I do January 4th? Like, I don't have anything for this time of year. The Jet colors, one last week of football. Yeah, if you're rooting from the win, I think you put up the green and white, and there you yeah, go. I think that's a great idea. I think Yankee colors. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just trust what the Mets are wearing now. Right. What kind of house do you think I live in? Anyhow, back to your calls. We've touched on Justin Fields being a giant target, the New York Mets making an acquisition that Yankee fans are mocking, and how Steve Cohen better re-sign Pete Alonso. So a lot on the table on this beautiful Thursday. Paul is in Brooklyn, New York. What's up, Paul? Hey, how's it going, man? How are you guys? Good. Good. What's, what's up, up, dude? Uh, just two quick things. One's uh, one's uh, Mets related, and one's uh, uh, bridge slash transportation related. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, the whole the whole Pete Alonso thing. I'm surprised they even let it get this far. Like he should have been extended two years ago, easy. Like you you knew he was something special back then, and now there's the possibility he could possibly leave. Like us as Mets fans, we don't get uh we don't get homegrown guys like Pete Alonso often. That's you, why. You that's why losing him, because you're right, and look, it's just regurgitating history and battling something that's too late. Like, why didn't they do this before he flipped to Boris? Why weren't they more aggressive a year ago? I completely agree with you. But now we're at the stage of he's probably getting the free agency. I'm probably going to have yeah. a very bushy beard, and there's not going to be an excuse <laughs> for letting him go. And, and I think I, that I, you sound in lockstep with me on this. You are a billionaire owner. I am not going to come on the radio and spin that BS and say, well, $300 million is too much. You ain't going to hear that from uh, me. There's I no excuse. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you on that. You're, you're 100% right. You paid Nimmo. You paid McNeil. Like, you know, and you're gonna, there's a possibility you're just going to let Alonzo go. At this point, you, you got to, you know, you got to pay. You got to overpay him. 100%. 100%. Um, and, and as far as I know you, I know, Evan, you got ripped a little bit for calling uh, the RFK bridge the Triborough Bridge. I still call it the Triborough. Of course you do. But, yeah. uh. Can honest? Can anyone honestly tell me that they call the Battery Tunnel the Hugh L. Carey Tunnel? Oh, that's a good one. That no one does. No, you're yes. right. Nobody does. Nobody. Yeah. We see I this. I kind of even forgot that that was the Hugh L. What is it? Hugh L. Carey? Hugh L. Carey. You know, it's funny. Yeah. As he was saying it, as he was loading up, I was thinking to myself, what is the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel? And then when he said Hugh L. Carey, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that sign before. Nobody does. Because here's the truth. No one just follows these dopey rules. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just listen to you. Now, I'll give you an example. If they sell the naming rights to MetLife Stadium, mm-hmm. or they sell the naming rights to City Field, do you think we're just a bunch of gerbil? Like, we're just <laughs> going to say, oh, Joe, it's Modell Stadium now. No, that's not how it works. You don't tell us what to do. In fact, the other day, <laughs> we were talking in the office about how the Washington Wizards... I have the solution for this, but keep going. Yeah, the Washington Wizards and the Capitals are getting a new arena in Northern Virginia, yeah. and I said, boy, the MCI Center still looks nice. And Sean, I think it was you, Sean. It was me. was like, the MCI Center? <laughs> I said, yeah, that was the name of the arena. But it's the Verizon Center. So some, pe- some people... Don't give a crap. Some, so UVA did this. 
with our field. It was always Scott Stadium. Mm-hmm. Scott Stadium, Scott Stadium. It got an upgrade. We were like, I don't know, how many thousand? Named after the toilet paper 40, or the fertilizer? No, 40,000. <laughs> it's just, I forget the guy, the Scott, who, who named it. But whatever it was. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Someone gave us a lot of money. And so we redid it. And it's now 70 or whatever it is, 60,000 people. And they didn't rename it. It's still Scott Stadium, but they renamed the field. So it's David A. Harrison Field at Scott Stadium. Right. So what they should have done is the JFK roadway on the Triborough Bridge. Yeah, except we would still call it the Triborough Bridge. <laughs> it doesn't Bridge. matter. But it, at least you wouldn't like be disrespecting Dude, it by the, not calling it what Arrowhead the RFK did. Bridge. The only way. Yes, it's, it's what Arrowhead did. The only way you can have a bridge named after someone famous and have us call it by the name of someone famous, A, it's got to be someone we just Universal. universally adore. Yeah. Yes. And secondly, it needs to be a new bridge. <laughs> like if you just build a bridge, well, a bridge. Tappensy doesn't count. No, because I knew you were going to say that. It's brand new. No, it's not. It's a Yankee Stadium. It's Yankee Stadium and it's Yankee Stadium. You just tore it down and built a new one right next to it. The Triborough Bridge, by the way, it's gorgeous now at night. When you go over that bridge and it's it's all the, it's lit up with different colors, it's awesome. Not as nice as the Kashiashko, but you know it's up to you. Kashiashko. Kashiashko. No. Kashiashko. No. 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 There's one in New Jersey. It's called the Cassiano, right? I know those confuse me. It it does me too. I'm like, wait, this it's it's the same name, not different spelling. But yes, you're right. It is. It's a new bridge, though. No, it's not though. The Tap and Z is a new bridge. It's a new bridge, but it's a new bridge the way Yankee Stadium is a new stadium. It was changed while it was being renamed. I know. I drove over it. It was crazy. And as it was happening, I was like, this is psychedelic. Dude, when it was happening, I was actually terrified to be on the old one. Yeah. (laughs) This thing looks so blanky. Yeah, I kind of of had that. S-wordy compared to that thing they're building right there. This thing is going to fall in the water. I had that feeling, too. (laughs) And by the way, so the old... Bridge did not have a bike pathway or a pedestrian walkway because what's his name? The, the, the schmuck who used to run New York, who ran the Dodgers and Giants out of town, who's got a beach named after him on Long Island. What's Robert that guy's Moses. Name? Robert Moses. Mm. Right. Because Robert, Robert he's Moses. He's got a bridge, by the way. I know. He's that? a pig, though, okay? Yes. What Robert Moses, <laughs> Robert Moses did a lot of effed up stuff. Right. A lot of stuff. I'm not going to list all of them, but the Brooklyn Dodgers not was, being here is because all, of Robert Moses. He was all racist, too, by the way. And he was a racist. Yeah, I mean, he was piling on. Like, he was a, he's a douche, right? But one of the things he also did was he didn't want people biking or walking over bridges. <laughs> so all the bridges that were built during his time, you were not able to walk over. <laughs> so the new Tappan Z, you can walk over now. Yeah, Robert Moses. What? By the way. I know people get very offended by this, so I'm just going to be blunt with you. They don't like when you rename stuff because it's like you're being woke or something like mm-hmm. that. Let me be honest with you. It's not being woke. It's about fixing stupid things. There are people that shouldn't have stuff named after them. So what we need to do is right the wrongs. Robert Moses shouldn't have anything oh named after him. Well, I'm just telling you. No, this is perfect. What? I figured out what I want my legacy to be here when I leave WFAN. I want a bridge named after me. And you know what? You're right. If Robert Moses is scum, I could throw a tennis ball from my house and hit the Robert Moses Causeway and Bridge. Okay? You're not getting the, the name, huh, bro. <laughs> I'm the guy. You're In not, 20 years, not happening. I leave FAN yeah. to Sean Morash Bridge. Good Get luck. you right to the beach. You're going to get a vending machine named after you. <laughs> Good luck, pal. That's my goal in life. I think you're going to have a great career at WFAN. Yeah, you're getting a freaking that's bridge. That's a good idea, a vending machine, though. <laughs> yeah, that is. Let's go to John in Northport. Hey, John. Boys, what's happening? Oh, good, Jeff. Uh, well, you know, just just checking in on you guys. I, was on, I talked to you guys a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we were talking about the Christmas lights before. I believe, Evan, 
I believe it's the 7th of January. You're supposed to keep everything up. You guys might have to look that one up. I'm is not that, really sure. Yeah, that's what I said, a week or two. But is that like a rule or a tradition Three or something? Kings? I think it's. I, I think it's a rule. I'm oh. not really sure. So I'm the I'm, I'm I'm the rule breaker then because I'm the one, and so is Sean, who immediately take our crap down. We're actually breaking the rules. What is it, Sean? It's, like it's, it's actually Thanks, January sixth. Yeah. Three Kings Day is the day the three wise men first saw baby Jesus and brought him the gifts. That's the closing of Christmas. It's like little Christmas. I think it's more of a Christian holiday. Yeah, no, so no, he I, was born on Christmas. Yeah. And then... You know, I had to spend a couple weeks in a hospital or a week in a hospital. Come or out. just in the manger. <laughs> well, that was a hospital for them. <laughs> it was a manger, but yeah. You know, <laughs> kind of like you don't want anybody coughing on the baby for two weeks. Then the wise men came, brought him the gifts, met him for the first time. It's like when Aunt Betty came. That was Three Kings Day, and that's when Christmas ended. I understand that that's when Christmas ended, but why does that connect it to lights going up and well, down? Well, that's exactly it. Where was Santa Claus when this happened, all right? Because it ends the Christmas season. It's like the final, like uh, you guys do with Halloween, right? right. There's uh, the Day of the Dead, right? Yeah. That extends past Halloween, does it not? Thank so you. you. keep the decorations. Thank up. you for respecting my Mexican heritage. No, I, I appreciate love it. that. No no. no, no, I thank you. So the rule is Saturday, because today's the 4th, so 5th, 6th, whatever, Friday or Saturday. So by the end of the weekend, no excuses. They all have to come down. Up in the northeast, uh, nor'easter, taking down those things. <laughs> well, that's why you got to beat it. Oh, yeah. That's why you got to do it earlier. Don't like, kill yourself, by the way. No. And by the way, I saw the weather for this nor'easter. Give me a yeah. freaking break. Give me a break. This is all hype. All oh. hype, no snow. What the weatherman haven't had anything to talk about for 700 days, so they rub their hands together, and now I'm going to basically be having slush outside. I am getting disgusted by the fact that we have not had in the Northeast, obviously we have people listening all over the country on the Odyssey app, but if you are living in this tri-state area, we have not had a real snowstorm in 700 days. Tiki. 700 days without you hiring to- somebody to shovel your snow out. I don't need to hire somebody. Oh, you do it yourself? My neighbors are good neighbors. For free? Like a good neighbor. Yes. For, for free. free? Yes, for free. Your neighbor just walks over and shovels. No, he has like a like a like a truck with the They're, it's called a snowblower. Yeah, no, he has the, the, the plow, the, the mini plow. plow. Yes, the plow. I mean that shows you where he's living. Somebody got the <laughs> mini plow. I got well, Dave no, on twelve Budweisers with his snowblower. He's a landlord also. I mean he has a job, but he's also a landlord. So Joe will come over and Fudo will blow my driveway. George is in Farmingdale. Hello, George. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's Love up? The show. Um, okay, so I just need to chime in a little bit. So if you guys do the 12 days of Christmas and you take the 25th and add 12 days, that is January the 6th, the Epiphany, and Christmas is a Christian holiday. No, I, I'm aware that it is a Christian holiday. Yeah. Thank you very much. No, I know, but... I honestly never knew that. And neither did Sean since his wife is bringing down the decorations on the 26th. When the maids are milking and the uh, whatever stuff, The going swans on, are swimming. All of that stuff. Why, in my mind, it started the 12 days leading into Christmas. I thought Christmas that was on. into Christmas as well. Yeah. It's like, just, like December 12th or 13th. The maids continue to milk. Now i got to go listen to that song again. I don't know if the song is going to tell us the story because I just started singing it in my head. Right. On the first day of Christmas, yeah. my true love came to me. Two mockingbirds. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but I don't think the song is ever going to tell us when the days actually start. So yeah. it'll be a long waste of time of us singing the song. Dan is in Ringwood, New Jersey. What's up, Dan? Yeah, it's the 12 days of Christmas. It starts on Christmas. It ends January 6th. See? And it's the it's the Tappan Zee Bridge, and it's the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Thank you. And right. it's... Just forget all that other stuff. I agree. Um, hey, Dan, tell me real quick, what's called, the purpose of the of the of the twelve days of Christmas? What is it? 
Like, why why is Christmas 12 days? I thought it was just one. <laughs> I, I'm being I really don't know. <laughs> okay, but even Shakespeare's, even Shakespeare's play, Twelfth Night, was commissioned by Queen Elizabeth for the 12th day after Christmas. That's but, why Dan, Dan, Night. I just want to take my freaking That's lights down. Man. Am I really a bad person? Am I a bad person? Can I just... You're, you're a terrible person. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> All right. Wait. You're just awful you for shaming anybody you will never for be having knighted. their lights up right now. <laughs> okay. If is- I were your... If I were your neighbor, yeah. I'd start gardening in a farm just to get back. <laughs> you funny. All right. What was your other point, Dan, since your first point have uh, been so good? My other point is, look, I listened to the quarterback thing uh, pretty much all the way through. Look, guys, I don't think we really know who Daniel Jones is yet. He's only had about five or six games in his whole career where he didn't have an offensive line that acted like a bunch of matadors. You know? I mean, it's like Olay. In they come. What you do know about the Giants right now is that they've got the worst offensive line in football, and they've been down near the bottom of that category. No, no, I I think we all agree they've got to fix the offensive line, and that is going to be a priority during the offseason. But he said something that I have heard over and over again, and I still just respectfully disagree with him. You tell me if you're on his side. Go ahead. We don't know what Daniel Jones is. Do you feel that way, Tiki? No, I think I know exactly who Daniel Jones is, but I also don't think it was realized a year ago because the offensive, I mean, not a year ago, this season, because the offensive line was so bad. Like, the development that we thought, that we argued about, actually, mm. was going to happen on the right side just didn't happen with Evan Neal. And, you know, they, it, it's just a... Like, the lack of development of first-round picks is something that's, it's you can't survive that. And Thomas got hurt, and they had to play a guard who never played right. tackle. It left tackle starting from week Do you know what Daniel Jones is, though, And then you had to bring Pew off the street and all I, these I, other I, things. I, I, get, you, I get the issues with the line. You're not wrong. I think we know what Daniel Jones is, and okay. that is an injury-prone uh, an injury prone quarterback who will never achieve his untapped potential. <laughs> that's, so, that's the prediction. That's not actually who he is. I'm talking about as a player. Like I think they, if he's healthy, do we know what he is? Yes. And when he's behind an offensive line that's solid, I think we know what it's, he is. And I think w- we, and that's a winning football player. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, and, and and he's paid. And you brought this up, and it's so important to always say this because people throw this number out there all the time. Oh, he's making forty million dollars a year. Yes, that's middle of the pack, and that's what he is. That's thirteenth in the NFL. Literally, he's thirteenth yes. highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yes, which is probably exactly. Who he is. And so he's paid, and he is exactly who we think he is. That's right. And the only thing that's missing now is something to help him realize that, which is a good offensive line. Yes, if the Giants have a capable offensive line, if they have solid weapons around him, Daniel Jones is a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. And I don't think that's a negative. I'm not calling him a boss. I'm not saying he should be out of the league. He's not Zach Wilson. But I think I know full well what he is. So I respect our last caller, and I respect the Giant fans that are still like, I don't know, I don't know. I think we know. I think we know the answer. Can you win a playoff game with Daniel Jones? Yes, you can. You just saw it last year. Mm -hmm. Can you win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? Here's my answer to that. If the roster is the San Francisco 49ers, then maybe you can. Yeah, you have an elite defense and some hellified skill position players. Yeah, maybe you can. I don't think that's a crazy statement to make. If Daniel Jones is healthy, which is... A big concern. And he's quarterbacking the San Francisco 49ers. They are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And here's the truth. It is actually easier to find a franchise top 10 quarterback than it is to build a roster like the San Francisco 49ers. 
It is. Say that one more time. It is easier to find a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, whether it's through the draft or developing, than it is to build a roster of which the San Francisco 49ers have. Do you agree with that? Yeah, because the 49ers got lucky. They got lucky. Seriously. They built a good roster, dude. Because, I mean, Kittle, you draft Kittle, like, what, eight years ago? And you get Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel was a decent wide receiver until he became the everyman running back slash wide receiver or wide receiver slash running back. The Carolina Panthers fall on ridiculously bad times, and the guy you paid $16 million million a year is perpetually hurt, so they say, screw him, we're going to trade him, and they trade him to the 49ers, and then you you draft a quarterback who's a bust, but you also draft a quarterback who's Mr. Irrelevant, who happens to fit with what, what Kyle Shanahan wants to do perfectly. And don't forget, Trent Williams becomes available, and you get him. Like, it's... I don't want to say it, it was – you can't say that they knew three years ago this is how they were going to build their roster. Mm-hmm. You just can't – things fell exactly right for them, and that's why they have one of the best teams in football. And they got a chance to win a Super Bowl, and they they'd did. have a chance to win the Super they Bowl. They have with... intentionally built their defense that way, though. Mm. I, I will give John Lynch credit for that. That was intentional, and we've seen it for a decade now. More of your calls coming up, 877-337-6666. 